0: Welcome to Chowderhead Sports here, coming to you live from Boston, Massachusetts, home of the greatest sports teams in the world. We've got the Red Sox, the Bruins, the Celtics, and Super Bowl champion Patriots. We've got it all here in New England, and finally, it feels like we've got some really good basketball and good hockey being played in the city of Boston. At the same time, you know, the Garden is just going to be Roaring with fans night after night, whether it's Celtics, whether it's Bruins, both teams are, you know, flourishing. And right now, with no Patriots football and Red Sox still very early in spring training, you know, it's right now for these two sports to really captivate the city. And so far, I think they've done a good job of that. So let's just jump right in. Uh, let's pick one coin toss. Bang, Celtics. We're starting with the Celtics talk today. So the the Boston Celtics since being Back from the all-star break haven't been you know on fire let's just let's just you know sugarcoat it like that they've played um you know four games since coming back they're two and two and they lost to toronto which is the team currently in third place chasing them uh trying to you know catch the celtics and they lost to atlanta who is not a team you should be losing to. And we'll, we'll digress the games more, but they did beat Detroit, and yesterday they beat Cleveland. We'll spend some time on that. But I, the thing I want to uh, talk about first is Danny Ainge's move, or rather his, his decision to not make a move uh, during the trade deadline, which was the um, 23rd of February. It was kind of, you know, the Celtics were in a lot of rumors, a lot of possibilities. The So many teams seemed like had a deal with the Celtics that could have gone down, whether it was the Clippers, the Magic, the Pacers, the Bulls. um, So a lot of different teams had a chance to try to strip away the draft picks from the Celtics, and it didn't seem like any offer was good enough. And I don't really blame Danny Ainge. I I think that there was a lot of risk right now Trying to trade for you know a Paul George type, even Jimmy Butler, because this team was gelling so well, I mean, you know before the all star break it had won you know a, a lot of games that it should have won, you know, there wasn't those losses that you just maybe the Sacramento loss you were scratching your head, but since then, I mean, they were on a tear only I think they lost two out of their last fourteen games before the all star break and essentially before the the deadline um, the trade deadline so you know I was impressed with what I saw I think the Celtics had a uh, a really good thing going and they were doing it without Avery Bradley one of their best players and I think since coming back he's proven that he is one of the team's best players the way he locked down Kyrie Irving last night especially in late in the fourth quarter was unbelievable he he proved himself as a NBA All defensive team player. Uh, it was exceptional. And, you know, I think everybody is glad he's back. And glad. I'm, I was big into dealing him. I'm like, you know, he's injured too often. He was injured last year at the Atlanta Hawks series in the playoffs. He was injured the last two months with an Achilles injury. It felt like Avery Bradley was never really on the floor in moments that you need him. And it seemed like the Celtics were able to succeed without him you know, before the All-Star break, so I was like, yeah, trade him, and seeing him play, especially last night, I want the Celtics to hold on to him, he really proved his worth to this team, he was essential, he, you know, hit some clutch threes, he hit some nice shots, even in his defense, man, he is Kawhi Leonard, just as a shooting guard, you know, he doesn't have the same size and strength, but he can lock up any point guard, Curry, uh, you saw it yesterday with, um, with Kyrie Irving, you know, even Westbrook, you know, I, I definitely have a lot of faith in him locking those guys up. So I, that's something that I hadn't seen for a while, um, you know, cause just because he wasn't playing. And, you know, I think he proved himself and definitely, you know, makes the case stronger for Danny Ainge to not trade anyone. Because right now, it's, it's pretty much the Celtics need to beat Cleveland. You know, that's what they're gearing up for. It's not like, oh, let's, you know, we've got to swim out of the East. The team to be in the East is Cleveland. There's not a lot of competition for Cleveland. You know, the Celtics could easily lose in a in a series to the Wizards. Uh, I yeah. And and even though that's not necessarily um, a popular thing to say, I think a lot of people would wish we're better than them. I really could see John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter. You know, those three guys being able to beat the Celtics, especially if the Celtics aren't healthy and, you know, are playing the way they did against Toronto and Atlanta. Um, but we'll get into that. So, listen, we kept the pick last year. I was a little frustrated. I didn't really know Jalen Brown very well. I hadn't really heard of him. He flew under the radar at Cal. And he's he's been a – especially these last few games where he's getting a lot of solid minutes. You know, he hit a very clutch three-pointer against the Detroit Pistons to – You know, pretty much uh, cap the win for the Celtics, and he's been playing. He's been playing well, especially with like starting and being in that role. Um, You know, I don't know how much he'll be starting much longer, but I definitely appreciated everything that he's been doing. Uh, He seems to be making big strides as a rookie, and now looking back, I'm okay with that pick. Even before this trade deadline, I wanted the Celtics to try to make a deal try to, you know, get someone, move, I don't care who, Crowder, Bradley, the picks, whatever, get Paul George, get Jimmy Butler, I want one of them. And now, having the whole thing go down, I notice I'm less aggressive on trying to bring in a superstar. I'm not sure that this current Boston team, with Isaiah and Horford and Bradley and Crowder, no matter who you add, whether it's Paul George, whether it's Jimmy Butler, you know i'm not even sure they'd get past cleveland you know what i mean i don't know if if paul george is the you know the last piece of the puzzle and all of a sudden he comes to the last half of the season and we you know beat cleveland in a seven game series and even if you beat cleveland durant if he's healthy i know he MCL sprain bruised knee whatever he's injured he's out for a while um you know that that's karma you know that, that's karma for you right there kevin durant Um, anyways, uh, if he's healthy and they're balling out over in, uh, in golden state, then you're not beating them. You're not beating them. And, and it seems like right now the Celtics have a really good chance to set up a future post LeBron James. And as unpopular as it sounds, you got like, essentially you've got the number one, number two pick this year. And You've got next year's arguably could even be another one, two, top five pick, you'd like to think. So you would have had Jalen Brown, who was picked number three, possibly the number one pick, whether it's Lonzo Ball um, or Fultz or anyone else. Or, and next year you can have that. That's three people that you get to draft uh, straight out of Brooklyn's miserable season. And you've been able to stay afloat, keep at the two seed. You know, Brad Stevens has gotten a lot of valuable time. You've got a lot of young players. But I I don't know if the Celtics will ever be able to get past LeBron. Even if they do, I don't know if they're beating the Warriors. So it's either right now you sell in with this team right now, with Isaiah and Horford, and you add an extra piece, maybe two, you know, like like a center who can rebound. God knows the Celtics need that. And you move... Horford to the four and then you've got you know a a decent lineup there with you know Isaiah at the point XYZ at shooting guard you know maybe it's well it depends on if you get Jimmy Butler I think he's more of a shooting guard then maybe Jalen Brown because he probably have to give up Crowder and then Horford and then some center I don't know if that team's good enough to beat the Warriors I don't know if they're good enough to beat Cleveland even so I think as, as much as I hate to say it the Celtics' best chance at winning a championship is going to come post LeBron James, or or at least post LeBron James still in his prime. You know, I think LeBron's got two this year, next year, maybe the year after that, being a super elite player, and then he'll decline um, because you know he's logging too many minutes. He's been in the league too long, and you know, as soon as you got young guys, that would you know at that point, Jalen Brown would have been in the league for four years three years you know you've, you've got some young talent emerging I think that would put us over the edge you know because I doubt they're gonna be able to stay healthy I doubt the Cleveland Cavs are gonna be able to keep everyone there Kyrie and LeBron and Kevin Love and JR and Tristan you know that whole lineup could easily just explode you know um Korver is old he'll probably be gone in a year or two um Channing Frye's old he'll be gone in a year or two Jefferson's old Deron Williams, not really even a a big part of this team, and they just signed him. So, anyways, Cleveland's got this year, maybe next year of being, like, dominant, dominant in the East, and then I could really see the Celtics giving a run for their money in uh, the 2016 season, 17. So, like, 18, 2018, you've got a chance to the 19. If you've got good players, I'm willing to give you the edge over Cleveland. So, you're, you're playing for the future, and I don't think Isaiah or Al Horford are a part of that future. Maybe Jalen Brown is, maybe the next two picks are. And then, you know, out of this current squad, I don't don't see Isaiah being the guy. I don't see Horford being one of the guys, or Bradley even. So I want to keep them now so you can get a winning culture and maybe upset, who knows, keep things exciting. I don't want you just to blow up the roster, but I don't think this team is going to be the the team, a super team and be able to to beat even, you know, San Antonio or the Rockets, you know. So you're still you're fighting with those teams in the West along with, you know, the right now it's it's you're lucky to lose to Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals right now. This current team isn't guaranteed to make it, you know, it's a two seed but we could easily fall to three or four uh and, and lose in, you know, a series, whether it's to the Pacers whether it's to the the John Wall and Bradley Beals, you know, Washington Wizards. Those are teams that can beat you, possibly. You know, I'm not saying it's guaranteed, but when you lose to Atlanta, 114-98, to and Isaiah Thomas can't even crack 20 points, so his streak snapped, and, you know, Dwight Howard's not even playing most of the game because he gets ejected, and you're at your home court after a great break. You, You know, you're starting off a... Um, you're coming home after being on the road for, you know, the last three games. Well, the last two games and then the All-Star break. So you're coming off all this. You're playing Atlanta, a team who's not that good. You know, you took – all right, this is Atlanta Hawks. Losing to Atlanta is pathetic because you took their center and signed him to a max deal. They traded away their starting point guard, Jeff Teague, and they traded away Kyle Korver, their best three-point shooter. So, those are three guys. That's 60% of their rot starting, starting five. So, then they've got Paul Millsap left and like Dennis Schroeder. And they came in and beat you, whooped you, killed you. I mean, you lost by 16 in your own house to a team that's so much worse than you. They're supposed to be so much worse. The Celtics were supposed to have only gotten better last year by drafting Brown, by signing Horford you know another year under the belt whatever and Atlanta was supposed to take huge strides backwards you know by losing their center and Dwight Howard is not good he's washed up and he wasn't even playing so don't count that they signed him so they lost him well they didn't have a great center they don't have their starting point guard from last year and they don't have Kyle Korver arguably their best player Paul Millsap's their best player all right besides Paul Millsap who's still there their power forward He he's always good but besides him and you and you lose, and you even lose close, and it's not even like you're on the road. So seeing them lose to Atlanta really broke my spirits as far as being super confident in them. But you know, at 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 this point, there's nothing you can do. So that's it. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk uh, some Bruins now, just just for the sake of time. But all I'm gonna say is Cleveland game yesterday. That was very very encouraging. 103 to 99, they won. Isaiah Thomas had 31. LeBron James had a triple double. And it didn't really matter. Good things from the Celtics yesterday. Good win. Avery Bradley looked good. And you know what, Ainge? I'm with you. Let's play for the future. Don't trade these picks for players who might only be staying a year, year and a half to two years. Like, let's try to set up the future. Isaiah, you're great. Horford, you're good. But you guys aren't the ones, I don't think. And I think Ainge knows that, and he's not investing in his current roster. So, that took way longer than expected, but let's jump into the Bruins because they finally captivated my attention. Since getting rid of Bruce Cassidy, I mean, not since getting rid of Claude Julian and putting in Bruce Cassidy as the head coach, the Bruins are seven and one. That's, that's I like to see that. You know, that's a team. That's a that's a run that shows this team has some life, and, and they've beaten quality teams. They beat the Canadians for nothing. They beat San Jose. You know, on the road in overtime, San Jose was you know the team that was in the finals last year in the Stanley Cup Finals. So you beat them. Their only loss came to Anaheim, and Anaheim's filthy. Okay, they're just filthy. And, they, and it was a good game. It was three to five. So Bruins lost, but you know what? It's fine. They beat the Kings, they beat the Stars, and they beat the Coyotes. So it's not like they're beating the best teams in the league. Although they did beat Canadians and they did beat the. The sharks, but I'm okay with this ring because I feel like the Bruins, out of the stars, Coyotes, and Kings, the three games that we just won handily, four to one, six to three, and then four to one again. Out of those three games, the the way the team was before this season, I mean, before the move to get rid of Claude Julien, you're losing one, if at the least, possibly two. You know, if you still have Claude Julien as your head coach. And they won all three without them, you know, so they beat teams they should beat, and that's that's a good sign. And tonight, they've got a really good test. They're playing the Rangers, then they play the, De- uh, the Devils, the Senators, and the Red Wings. So, the games I'm circling on the calendar tonight, and then the Senators game, and then, you know, as far as the next, like, three or four games, those are two really important ones that you can judge the team, say, all right, you beat, you know, the forty, twenty one and two Rangers, then yeah, you're good. You know, you beat the thirty three, twenty two and six Senators, a team that's right around the same as you then yeah, I'm listening. But, you know, they've beaten talent that's lesser than them, you know, in the Kings and the Stars and the Coyotes, but they haven't, you know, lost to those kind of teams, which before the move you know they were losing they were losing atrociously to teams you know it was it was bad it wasn't it wasn't impressive wins you know they weren't beating teams that they should um you know they lost to the islanders they lost to you know the 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 devils they lost to um you know these these teams that weren't necessarily good teams um so happy to see that they've got me interested bruins you know, you sucked me in. I'm watching every night now. Let's see if you can continue this streak. I'll be impressed. I'm not expecting them to, like, you know, win out the rest of the season. But, you know, they sneak in the playoffs. And they—I wouldn't be surprised if they win a playoff series. I'm, I would be shocked if they got swept in the playoffs. And I'd be—I'd be happy with one series win, an upset, as the lower seed. Yeah, I could see it happening you know give them a run for the money right you know play Montreal or whoever is going to end up being there um but yeah they're on a tear right now they've gotten like 14 points or something like that it's really putting them um you know they're 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 tied with Ottawa right now and you know I don't know if that was really the case if they were ever even thinking of catching Ottawa and now they have them so you know the the Bruins separating themselves I'm enjoying watching Bruce Cassidy keep doing what you're doing and as the trade deadline for hockey just to touch they they didn't know much they I made one deal got um I think his name's Staten. He's he's okay. They they gave up like a a fourth or sixth round pick for him. I don't know. He's he's it's not it's not a monumental deal, so um you know, he he would be like a a lower line kind of guy, maybe like the third line, fourth line. So we'll see where he where he comes in and whatnot, but this Celtic, this Bruins team, I mean, is is encouraging. Bruce Cassidy, like I said, you know, he's he's coming in, shaking things up, and that's all you can really ask from an inter head coach. You know, he's he's not really. I don't think he really expected to be coaching, and I think that he's doing something to inspire them. They're they're taking less shots per game, but scoring more goals. So I don't know what his emph- what he emphasizes in practice, and what he tells them to do. Maybe make the extra pass. Don't just shoot it in unnecessarily try to get a better look, but you know they're scoring goals at a high rate and they're not taking a lot of shots to do so and that's impressive so that that's pretty much it for the Bruins you know just trying to keep a log on on how they're you know they've been playing um, I like what I see you know the product is, is it's a good game and what always interests me is how the Canadians do since getting rid of um Claude I mean since hiring Claude Julian and their let me see one. So they're three and three. They lost to Winnipeg. They've lost oh no, they're yeah, they lost two. They're four and two. Sorry. They lost to Winnipeg and the Islanders. They've beaten the Devils, the Blue Jackets, and the Rangers. But not a lot. They beat the Rangers in a shootout. They beat the Maple Leafs in overtime. They beat the Devils in overtime. And they beat the Canadians in overtime. So those four wins are all coming at like... They can't beat these teams in you know, a regular amount of play. And they're not even good teams. And they got 3-0'd by the Islanders. Man, I hope this thing implodes on them. So that would be awesome. I'd enjoy that a lot. Because I don't like how Claude Julian just went. They just fired their coach. Who got them in first place and then just traded them? I mean, we well, got rid of them and traded them in for Claude Julian. I don't know. We kind of move. I'm excited to see them lose. Um. So final thing to touch on because can't really. Patriots aren't in the news like a lot. Like just, just they didn't use the franchise tag on Hightower. They didn't want to trade Garoppolo. Chris Long said he's gonna leave. That's pretty much your Patriots news. It, it's not like blockbuster. Like oh my god, you know. So. We'll see where things go, but um, that's it for Patriots. There you go. That's two seconds. So I want to talk Red Sox now, um, and I, I, the preseason doesn't really matter, but it's not encouraging to say the least. They're getting like whooped. I mean, they lost three to two to the Mets. That's not bad, but they didn't get a hit till the seventh inning. Okay, no almost no hit, but that's fine. They beat Minnesota eight to seven. They were losing seven to two. Battled back. Give them credit for that. But seven and two, not great. And then they go on a losing streak: seven to three against Tampa, seven to two against uh, St. Louis, five to four against the Yankees. And then yesterday they got killed twelve to five. They got slaughtered. And I know right now they're putting the hurt on Tampa eighteen to two in the eighth inning. So yeah, they're they're kicking Tampa's, you know, behinds. But not encouraging to see them lose. Like I know it's preseason; it really doesn't matter. Um, but they're losing by a lot—four, five—you know, getting almost no hit. Not good. And this is the breaking news. And if you're listening, Red Sox fans, I hate to be the one telling you this, but um, David Price injured his elbow, his throwing arm elbow. He he threw in a meaningless game, simulation game, for only a couple innings. Woke up the next morning, had some real discomfort, had to go get MRIs, going to go get second look uh, from doctors. It's, it's not what you want to hear. Sounds like it could be Tommy John, season over. I don't know. That could just be pessimistic, um, chowder heads. But it doesn't look good. I don't like the uh, idea of him needing second opinions and stuff because a second op- you get a second opinion if you don't like the first opinion. That's pretty much what you do. If you're a ball player, whatever the sport is, the first guy says, "Yeah, you're out for the rest of the season." They're like, "Yeah, let's hear from another guy before we just go with that." If the guy's like, "Yeah, I got some discomfort, but you know, you should be good to go in a couple days," they're gonna be like, "Okay." So, not really feeling like the first guy said a whole lot of good news for the Red Sox. Um, so we'll we'll see. It's kind of developing. It'll you'll know more probably tomorrow. Um, but losing price would. You know, it would be bad. Obviously, you want to have a Cy Young caliber pitcher on your team, but he's, if I had a pick between losing Porcillo, Price, or Sale, Price is the guy I want to lose. You know, I'll look at it that way. Getting Chris Sale just makes even more sense now because you're, you're you know, last year's ace, I guess, you know, even though he didn't play like it, but your big off-season signing of last year, you know, just got hurt trading for sale now looks to be good and it looks to be a good move for the organization it keeps them you know you lose price and you don't have chris sale and now it's like uh, oh my god like eduardo rodrigo or pomeranz has to be in a bigger role you'd be like yeah not liking your chances but all if it all means you move up you know you still have sale and then you've got porcillos now the second guy instead of the third guy and you still got you know Steven Wright and, and whatnot in the third now, maybe. And then Rodriguez and and Pomeranz. You've got, that's not a bad rotation. um, You know, you have got Scion caliber people. Listen, you want to have Price. It would be so nasty to see Sale, Price, Porcillo, Wright, someone else. Sale, Price, Porcillo, Wright, Rodriguez, let's call it. That is, that's a mean starting five. That is, that is going to, that's a lot of, strikeouts right there you know that's a lot of good good games and now if you lose one of those guys all right if you lose sale you screwed because you're you're basically where you were last year and that wasn't enough you lose price you know what you still got the reigning Cy Young you still got one of the best pitchers in baseball so you know we'll see where where that all falls hopefully he's not out listen I don't want him to be out I like him but I'm not I'm not going to just throw them in the towel for the whole season because he's not able to go. Sale might throw him in the towel. Price, not throwing it in. Gonna hold on to it. Holding on to that towel. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Alrighty. Well, you know, this was Chatterhead Sports. Try to cover everything. You know, not a lot going along in football, but I'm sure that'll change with free agency. But yeah, Celtics, impressive win. Uh, Bruins on an impressive run. And Red Sox, He's spring training isn't going well um but it's spring training so get all the get all the bad games out of you now and then go win 162 in a row that's 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 pretty much the goal um righty, this is charterhead sports like i said thank you guys for listening and till next time please don't be injured david price